What's up, guys? We are back on the Win Daily Show. I'm Jason Mizrahi, and I'm with C and the John. Michael is still recovering from the grid of death, and he he has been nowhere to be found, man. He's been missing for the past two days on the live streams. He hasn't been on a podcast. I've been editing everything on WinDailySports.com. Have you heard from Michael these last couple of days, Sia? I'm I'm starting to think he's so mad at us for making him do that grid of death punishment, which, by the way, for those that don't know, he watched all nine Fast and Furious movies in a row for 18 hours on Sunday. And it was uh apparently it 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 got him mad enough. He's he's missing an action. Jason, I don't know, I don't know what's going on yeah, here. Listen, but. he's not returning my calls. Maybe he got hired somewhere else. Like they saw the discipline he had to sit down there and pay his dues that you know, maybe the Dan Lamitar show picked him up. I don't know anymore. <laughs> but now nah, he's out in Pennsylvania. He was supposed to be getting married in the next couple of weeks, but due to the coronavirus pandemic, got pushed back. But the smart man he is, he's still locked in his bachelor party. I don't know, man. If my wedding got pushed back, I might try to squeeze in like a second bachelor party, like a little bit later, just in case, like maybe someone couldn't make it because of the pandemic. Maybe roll out a, a second bachelor party, a win daily bachelor party in Vegas. You know, so if he plays his cards right, he could find a way to kind of get two bachelor parties out of this. So, Michael, if you're in the woods somewhere in Pennsylvania, I'm sure you're having a couple of beers. So have a shot on us and we'll try to hold it down. We can't I'm not going to pretend to be. I know you guys have a special rapport, you and Sia. So I'm going to try to do my best. I know let's see you do his thing. Let him drive the show. I'm going to sit back and, you know, talk some golf. We'll talk some NBA. We'll talk to say that NFL. A lot of things are going on. So it's going to be an interesting weekend. Yeah, I'm not going to jinx myself, but I'm going to take down his million this weekend. I got some good lines in. I'm feeling good. And I usually go in good on Thursday, Friday, start sweating. Saturday and Sunday, I'm not even going to look at my phone, man. If I got this team that I'm looking at right now through the cut line on Friday, I'm going to hibernate. I might s- skip the serious show because I don't want you asking me about it. You know, on Saturday and Sunday, we were doing our serious show. So everybody... If you don't hear from me in the next two days, I'm sweating PGA. Don't hit me up on Twitter. Don't text me. Don't tell me my lineup is in the top 100 or the top 50 or the top 10. I want nobody to know. So just keep it hush, hush. Hopefully we're there at the end. But how is your lineup doing right now? So you clearly believe in the self jinx. And I have a great story for you that you I know. I got the juju, man. Well. Yeah, I, don't, no, I, but- I need the juju away from me, man. Listen, listen, I get it. And let's talk about what happened to me because you're fully aware of what happened to me earlier today. So I'm in the $100 single entry. Um, There's like 1,700 people in it. So we're late in, really late in round one. So it's probably like five o'clock and I text you and I'm in first place with a big 25,000 next to my name. (laughs) And no joke, the moment I texted you that, Sergio Garcia, who's obviously in my lineup, bogeys a hole. A bunch of mine too, so I felt the pain. So hold on, hold on. He bogeys a hole, and I'm like, okay, you know, no big deal. It's a hard course. So, you know, Sergio's been riding real well, so he goes from minus two to minus one. And then the next hole, which is a par three, he triple bogeys. So the moment I send out a text, I wasn't even celebrating it. I was really just notifying you that, hey, look at me. First out of 1,700, this, this is looking pretty good. Maybe I'll have a sweat on the weekend. The moment I text you that, I'm plus four immediately. Yeah. This rocker, this, this asshole rocker did it to me the other day, like about a month ago, two months ago. I totally forgot that I put lineups in on DraftKings and FanDuel for UFC. So I'm just looking at my DraftKings lineup, not even thinking about it. The whole night of UFC is done. And Rocker's texting me, he's like, yo, you got this. I'm like, the hell are you talking about? My DraftKings lineups are like nowhere even close in UFC. And then I remember, because he plays on FanDuel, I'm like, oh, shit, maybe it's on FanDuel. So I go on FanDuel, 
my lineup sitting in second place with one fight left. And I was about to win like ten or $15,000 or whatever it is. And just like your story, man, as soon as you hit me with that text, I start thinking about it. And then, boom, you know, the fight ended. I ended up finishing like for like – I went from like ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 to like $300. So, you know, sweating golf is probably the worst sweat because you, you can't even look at your phone on Thursday. Like you you you, you shouldn't. You, you do it. But you really shouldn't because it's so far away. It's like it's like you're up five at halftime. That means nothing, you know, an NBA game or an NFL game, or you got a one nothing lead in the fourth inning of a baseball game. That shit ain't gonna hold. You got to score more runs. It's a lot more time to go on. So look, I hope it holds down for you. I hope you make a little comeback. Um, I have some Garcia shares too. So we'll see what happens. It's gonna be a long weekend, but you know we got a lot to talk about, man. We're just gonna have some fun. Let everybody know, listen, baseball is coming back. Basketball is coming back. We're not trying to, you know, I, when I woke up yesterday or was it yesterday? Yeah, I woke up to a bunch of wins on Discord. A lot of people winning money. And then my favorite text message that came in for probably like a couple of weeks, man. I don't know if you saw it. I posted on Twitter. It wasn't a screenshot. Uh, it was technically a screenshot of Jim Thompson texting me saying how happy he was when other people win money. And that's kind of like the vibe that we got going on here. It's like we really want other people to win money. We want to be the most affordable site out there so more people can win money. So that's what we're trying to do. We really want everybody to win. We want everybody to have an affordable time. We got a promotion right now that's literally 23 cents. And then we realize that, you know, our payment processor won't even charge 23 cents because it has to be over 50 cents. So technically, (laughs) all you got to do is put your credit card in and it's actually free. (laughs) <laughs> so you really don't even charge the 23 cents. So it's straight up free. All you got to do is put on your credit card so we can lock you in uh, for the subscription. So look, hey, if I wanna, you want help, yeah, go for it. No, I was going to say, I want to add something too, because you've added something, I think just in the last week to the to the site, that's super useful to any better out there. And so like, listen, we're going to get into PGA and to NFL and some of this MLB stuff on the show today, but talk to us about what got added to what feature got added to the site. I know there's been a number of stuff, but this one really piqued my interest. Yeah, the live odds, man. Like, it's annoying. You know, I'm making DFS on It's not just for sports betting. Like, one of the first things I look to in a DFS, you know, um, slate is is Vegas. You know, I want to know who's favored. I want to know if this is a potential blowout for football or a potential blowout for baseball or, you know, this game's got an over-under of 240 for basketball, which the Clippers game and Laker game probably will be somewhere in that range. Um, we have Vegas lines for every single sport. So you don't have to hop to a sports book. You don't have to hop to different sites. You read your articles. You check the lines. You can see movement. You can see the consensus. And then, you know, from a sports betting perspective, you can look. Yo, if DraftKings has a line of five and a half and you like the Lakers and somewhere else you're getting six points or four and a half, whatever the case may be, you can price shop there. And you always talk about it, you know, with futures and, you know, lines for week one. We've spoken about it already. These things are moving, man. You know, the Pelicans line was moving from it started at one and went to one and a half. Then it went to two. I haven't looked at it since the Zion news, and we'll talk about that in a second. But that thing's going to go total opposite opposite way. I still like the Pelicans, even without Zion. I still think they win that game. I think they're coming a little bit stronger with a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder to make the playoffs. The Jazz is going to try to get there and get out of there um, pretty fast. But, you know, the Zion news came out. Rondo news came out. I love playing NBA, you know, DFS. You know, I talked about it yesterday. This is the first shot that I really have to win a million dollars. Like winning a million dollars in football, I've come close. I finished in the top, I think 20, you know, one of these years, one of these million makers, I had a, I had a shot. But 
I really feel like it's luck, man. In football, there's so much luck. But in basketball, I really don't chalk it up to luck. Because if I play, say you, for example, 10 times in a head-to-head, I feel like I got a massive edge. In football or baseball, you can just stack a team in, in baseball. You can be right there with me. And I can stack a team that's got the highs over-under. But they can just, you know, shit the bed that day and not come prepared. But with basketball, like Rondo's going to be out. If you don't play Caruso or you don't get that that point guard right for the Lakers and you're not watching the news, which on this, you know, on this kind of slate, you have two weeks to prepare, everybody's gonna be on Caruso. But you know, on a normal day slate, that news might drop at 645. And if you're not listening to all the news, you know, I'm gonna be ahead of you, you know, most times out of not. And those values hit. It's not like a, a a running back filling in for a bell cow where you still don't know if he's gonna get all the touches. You know, there might be a committee, you don't really know his role yet. When a backup point guard is now a starting point guard and he's guaranteed 30 minutes, like Caruso, even if he's not starting, he might be 25, 30 at minimum salary. There's no way in hell this guy doesn't hit value. You know, it really doesn't happen. So NBA, I'm really excited about these million makers. I've always said it before, like why do it for NFL and not do it for MLB and NBA? So now they have a real shot of doing it. So I feel like somebody from our team, you know, we have projection models out. We've been doing this for a long time. NBA is a real shot. Um, that one of our guys can do it. So I'm super excited about that, man. That's awesome, man. Now, I, I I love the live odds thing because I think it's so helpful. And for us, like Wind Daily Sports to me w- was already like kind of a one-stop shop, but it really wasn't until we got those live odds on there. I mean, I, I like, I and I navigated them. It's just so user-friendly. So super excited about that because that's really where I'm going to go for everything at this point, not just for content, but just for like seeing the lines and stuff like that. So, so real quick, let's talk about PGA because I've got some sweats too beyond that. So just so you know, I, I dropped to 13th out of 1700. So I'm still like oh, you're right there. there. Man. Where's Garcia the at? Or not even check him. Where did he fall back to as far as is he good question? Making he a- went from he went from minus two to plus two, and then he battled back and he got to even. So he got a oh, couple so birdies he's straight, after then. that. He's straight. Yeah. So well, I got I actually got a lot of Sergio. I liked him this week. I think I have I made 23 lineups. I think I have like at least four or five shares of Sergio. So I'm 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 backing you up on that one, man. And, and by the way, Sergio was, was a guy we talked about a lot in Discord. I, I believe he was on my article. Like we hit pretty well on 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 the article that I put out. And I know Isaiah, like um, Stephen and uh, Patrick, I think had Tony Finau, who's leading the field. So we had a lot of nice picks. I was big on Cantley and Rom Berger, Woodland, um, Answer, who's who's doing okay. So so far, I think the subscribers are in pretty good shape. But honestly, to me, this stuff doesn't really start till Saturday morning because we got to see who makes the cut. And this is one of those courses that's so unforgiving. I mean, there was a lot of wind today. It'll be a little easier tomorrow. But, man, like Colin Morikawa, for example, a great iron player, he hit the water three times. Like, that's just – that might be a career first for that guy, at least in the last five, six years, even when he was an amateur. I just don't think that was that was a thing. So it was a dangerous course. But I'll, I'll tell you what. We're always on the Thursday live stream. We're always looking for that 80-to-1 shot, right? 100%, man. What do you got for us? So here's the deal. Here are the guys that I think that are kind of like behind that that have a shot to catch the leaders. I mean, Tony Finau's minus six. That is um, not a guy that I think is going to win. I know some people have different opinions about him, and you know he's kind of up and down. He's really only won one tournament. It was like an offshoot Puerto Rico Open tournament. I don't expect this to sustain. I really think that and Tony Finau's good, but I really think the true leader here is at minus four, Gary Woodland. So when we're talking about strokes behind, I'm not even really putting Tony Finau there, even though I do think he has the potential to win. So let's talk about a few guys I like before we get to the 80 to one shot. Um, Abraham answers at 50 to one uh gary woodland's at 33 to 1 so oh wait a minute so no no i'll tell you what 
those are those are the predetermined odds. I'll give you the 80 to one shot though. Okay, what is for it? it? Let's do it. The 80 to one shot is, in fact, Sergio Garcia. What do you think of that? He was there as one bad hole, man, and he's still there, and he's only a couple back. I like that, man. I have shares of him. You know, all the research said he was a good play going into the weekend. He had one bad hole or two bad holes because you had to text me. You had to you had to show your lineup up, and it was just Sergio, and we both have shares of him. So, look, I like that, man. The guy's been playing well. He's, you know, he's not a lock for the, the cut, but, you know, he's probably on the better side of things for the cut at this point. He's been playing good golf, so – Listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna break something that you know has been winning every single week. You've been calling these things out. So look, you're not gonna do another show with me if it doesn't hit this weekend because you hit the last <laughs> two weekends. So we gotta keep it going, man. I like I like Sergio. You got anything else out there? Anybody else that you think yeah, 40 to 1, 50 to 1? Yeah, I'm gonna give you four guys that I like that I think actually have a shot to catch. Tony Finau or whoever you think the leader's gonna be, you know, Saturday, Sunday. Lucas Glover at 33 to one. He's been checking all the boxes lately. He's not a big name. I have him all over my my DraftKings lineups. He's been really good. He's three shots back right now. Abraham answers 45 to one. I mentioned Sergio 80 to one. A guy that actually did better than you think today, but was just sort of bad with the putters, Joaquin Neiman. Now he's seven shots back, but he's also 100 to one. He's shown plenty of potential earlier in the year. At 100 to one, I think he's worth like, again, you know, 100 to one shot. I'm not investing a lot of money in that. But if you wanted to put five or 10 bucks on somebody at 100 to one, Joaquin Neiman is the guy to do it. So those are the, those are the sort of the, um, the guys that I'm probably going to put, you know, five or 10 bucks on and, and hope to have a sweat on one of them on Sunday. Let me just ask you a sign out. Who do you want to win? Like for your lineup, who do you, who do you think would be the best suited for you to have this takedown? Since I've seen your lineup before, who is the guy that you need to win, you think, to take it down for you to take it down? So on the top end, and you know, I have like a lot of Cantley and a lot of Rom. So I don't necessarily want them to take it down. I'd, I'd like a lower guy to take it down. But, you know, I'd probably say Sergio. Um, is probably the best guy because Answer and Woodland, who I also have a lot of, and Berger, they're a little bit more chalky than Sergio. So if Sergio were to somehow come back and win it, and, and if and if those other guys I mentioned were to stay near the top, I'd I'd win that. That the tournament we're talking about, that that single entry seventeen hundred deep, I'd probably win that one with that. So uh, yeah, I'm kind of rooting for Sergio more than more than anybody, I think. So let me ask you a question. You've been doing a little bit more golf than me. You're our director of golf and stuff like that. Have you been playing the showdowns? Because I do the showdowns, and I'll be honest, man, I'm so gassed by the time of grinding, golf, putting out all this content, dealing with my one-year-old daughter, running the business, everything like that. These showdowns, I just, I usually make them in bed. Like I'm like, all right, I know what this guy's doing. I did my research <laughs> the night before. What's your strategy? How does it differentiate? Because each showdown is priced differently. Um, the structure is different too. How do you approach the Friday showdown or the Saturday Sunday showdown? From a strategy standpoint, don't say, look, I like this guy today. But from a strategy standpoint, how do you make these different lineups as the weekend progresses? Yeah, so I try to make it as simple as possible. And, and, and showdown's really tough because your sample size is so small. It's 18 holes, which is why I really like just the four-day slate because I, I know that the guys I've researched and the guys I'm going to put up there are generally speaking going to rise to the top. They're going to be the cream of the crop. So, I, you know, I, my success rate showdown versus like the, the four-day slate is – 
you know, not that great, but I do have some success in showdown. What I try to focus on is, for example, for tomorrow, guys that were ball striking really well today, uh, which was kind of hard to do with the win, but guys that were really good ball strikers, but were losing a lot of uh, strokes on the, the putting greens. So those are the guys I sort of look for because I'm looking for positive regression with the putter. So there's a, I'm glad you asked. There's a few guys I have in mind here that were pretty good ball strikers and just got killed on, on the greens. You know, some people are just inherently bad putters, but even those people can find a hot putter for 18 holes. It happens all the time. So I'll tell you guys that I'm, I'm sort of focusing on right now, and, and this is preliminary research because obviously the round ended, then we started the show. So this is just kind of a quick glance, and we'll develop this more on Discord. But Xander Shoffley, uh, Griot, uh, Tyler Duncan is kind of a, a bottom feeder guy there. Neiman, who I already told you I liked. Keegan Bradley, Danny Willett. And uh, Morikawa and Casey. I actually liked Morikawa a little bit pre-flop. I liked him before the tournament. He kind of bombed today. He, he had a lot of water balls, but he also kind of fought back at the same time. Honestly, his score probably should have been closer to plus six rather than plus four. So um, I like him to make a comeback. I wouldn't be shocked if Morikawa makes the cut. The cut line's probably going to be, depending on the weather tomorrow, it's probably going to be plus one or even is my guess. So that's where we're aiming for. If you're having guys that are trying to make the cut, my guess is it's going to be in that plus one or even territory. Again, that depends on the weather a little bit. But yeah, so as far as strategy, Jason, let, let's let's try to find the guy that we know is ball striking well and that may find the hot putter that didn't have a hot putter the day before. Now, the only other question I got for you from like a timing perspective, do you, got, do you go ahead and say, I want everybody from, you know, based on weather, you have to factor that in. But you also do like a timing thing where you want everybody who's, you know, teeing off early or teeing off late. Does that factor into your showdowns as well? It does. I'll tell you, the last few weeks, it hasn't factored in too much. Like I, I believe a week ago, basically the wind was either, you know, well, there was some rain issues. But on a couple of the days, the wind was like zero to five or five to ten. Like anything under 10 miles per hour, I'm really not concerned with. Today, it's interesting because the weather, as you know, is so fickle. Today, we all thought that the morning, the morning slate was going to be the easier one to, to have but the scoring was actually pretty even even though there were a, like even though the wind gusts were a little higher in the afternoon it didn't seem to be more of a problem in the afternoon than it was in the morning for for any of the players i mean you saw tony finau out there late in the afternoon you saw john rom you saw gary woodland even ryan palmer who i think was like last place last week on this same course is now in second place after one day the, the point being, you got to be real careful when you stack a slate for, for a couple reasons. One is because if everybody knows the weather, if it's like common knowledge that you're going to have like severe wind gusts in the afternoon, then everybody's going to be on that AM slate anyway. So you got to you got to be careful there because you do want to be a little bit different, especially in showdown. But typically, I don't pay too much attention to the weather unless it's it's definite, unless I absolutely know. I'm getting 20 mile per hour winds in the afternoon and no wind or very light wind in the morning. That's that's typically what. And and honestly, for tomorrow, today was wrong in terms of the weather report. So as far as tomorrow is concerned, you know, I, I, I'm not going to be stacking for tomorrow. Yeah, I think the one thing that I've kind of heard other people have done, and I like I said, I haven't focused too much attention on showdowns, but stacking tea times, like stacking, you know, three or four guys. You know, so you don't really have to guess on weather. You can you can factor in weather, but also factor in Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pair these guys in the 10 o'clock tea time, and then I'll pair some guys late. So the weather hits one side or the other. At least you're hedging weather on both sides. Obviously, you still want to get golfers that you like going in, but it's a way to kind of look at things and do things differently. But you know, I, I hope you do well to finish out your slate. Let's let's you know we have to do two more shows with each other. You know, we have to do a show on Saturday. We have to do a show on Sunday. Let's have a truce, man. If you see my lineup up top of the millie, don't be texting me. 
telling me anything's going on. And same thing with you, man. If you got that lineup and it, it pushes back down to first place, I'm not in that tournament. Surprise me on Sunday. They go, Jay, I won 25K. Let's go celebrate when COVID is over in Vegas sometime. And then we'll figure things out. But like talking about Vegas, anytime I think about the word Vegas, I know you head out there a lot. I head out there a lot too. Are you planning to do your, your draft out there this year? Or, or things have changed? When are you doing your draft? You sent me some creepy-ass message the other day. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell that is. But you guys – you guys are good friends, man. You guys definitely have a draft. It seems like you have a good, you know, um, league going on, funny league. Every time you tell me about it, I kind of get jealous that I'm not in there. So maybe I find a way in when one of your guys drops out one year. But what are you planning on doing for your draft? Are you keeping all the rules the same? Is it going to happen soon? Are you waiting close to the season due to all this COVID bullshit that we're dealing with? What's the situation looking like? So the Vegas league where we draft in Vegas, that's one of like basically five big leagues I'm in. That Vegas league, we're not going to Vegas this year. As of last week, it was still pending. But when we heard that in Vegas, some of the bars had to reclose because they're they're not on lockdown, but they're, they're starting to kind of have more strict measures. I mean, at that point, it just became kind of silly to even consider flying out there in that kind of thing. So we're finally going to take a year off. We've been doing this, I think, 10, 11 years where Either all of us or most of us have actually been out in Vegas for the draft. We do it Wednesday night, and then we watch that Thursday night game together, and then we stay through the weekend. Um, as far as what you're talking about with the uh, the voice message I sent you, that was uh, that was our friend Nikki. I shouldn't say our friend. She's she's actually in the league. She's a very good fantasy football player, and she has a voice that um, I don't know how to say this appropriately, but it's a really cool sounding female voice. Let's just put it that way. So when we were, we did our draft lottery, this is a different league. We did our draft lottery and how we did it was basically like, if you, if you had the top pick, so to speak, you could pick where you wanted to draft. It's a 10 team league. So we had Nikki announce where guys or girls were going to be picking. And so she would basically do a little audio recording and send it out to the league. And that's how we would be informed what pick we would be taking just for your information. Uh, I was one of the first picks. I picked the seven spot. Um, I had like the four spot available to me. I who think are you I might trying have to target? Had... Who who are you trying to target at seven? Is that Derrick Henry or yeah, too early actually, for Henry for you? Or well, well, listen. So that's a nice segue because we're going to talk about Derrick Henry a little bit. But but yeah, Derrick Henry. I know that's really high, but I know you've been on him. You've kind of convinced me a little bit. And and I really think once you get so. By the way. The reason I picked seven, it wasn't necessarily because of who was going to be there at the seventh pick. It was because the, of who's going to be there on the turnaround at turn the 14th yeah. pick. And, and also, once you get past the top three, I really think there's kind of a drop off. Like once you get past Christian, Saquon, and then um, Zeke, you know, I don't know that, especially because this particular league is not a PPR league. I think there's a drop off once you get to Kamara and, and, and so on. So I'll take the seven pick. I'll take a Nick Chubb, depending on what's going on. I'll take a I'll take Der uh, Derrick Henry. I might even take a Joe Mixon there, frankly, because I'm huge on Joe Mixon this year. And then on the rebound, I, I'm, I might, you know, maybe I take Kenyon Drake. Maybe Nick Chubb is still there. So I've got two horses. And then in the third and fourth round, we'll see what happens from a running back standpoint or receiver best available. Yeah, my, my approach is always going with two running backs first, unless like some wide receiver falls deeper and deeper and deeper, like a Julio Jones might fall there. But Listen, we got to stay positive. We got this knucklehead in chat right now who can count to 25 saying take Josh Allen. You want to talk some cra some trash about these bills? Because he had like, you know, like he had an honest, I would say, two months where the bills were the champions of the AFC East. You know, they really, I thought they were going to win it. I still thought it was stupid that. 
the Patriots were were dogs there and stuff like that. But now with Cam Newton coming, man, he's better than Josh Allen, even off of injuries. So, look, man, Jimmy Boy, Jimbo, Jim, Mr. 25 Cents. See you. Get at him, man. Talk about these Bills Mafia. So, Tell me why the Bills are going to be so bad. And and hopefully we can antagonize maybe Jim to hop in the room because you said he had too much work to do today. He had to get the projection models right for League of Legends, and he's got some UFC work to do. So maybe we can rile him up a little bit to, to, to want in on this discussion. Josh, I mean, Jim knows how I feel about Josh. And so I, I like it when when Jim's not on because he's very intimidating to me. In fact, I think last episode you might have seen he came on with boxing gloves as he was talking about UFC. And I was I was literally like kind of shaking and he's like <laughs> thousands of miles away. So, no, Josh Allen is who did I compare great him to fantasy. the other day? He's a great fantasy player. Absolutely. Yeah, great fantasy um, player. I think comparing him to you'd compare him to like a college quarterback. You know, no, you know, dominating actually, in college. And then, you know, can't really do much. That's the way I see him for the most part. What I said on the show last week is that he's Jalen Hurts. We just don't know it yet. I'm telling you, it's the same. And, by, and I don't even know if that's – I don't know who that's a knock-on necessarily. But I actually think Josh Allen is Jalen Hurts, and I think Jalen Hurts is Josh Allen. Just like I think Matt Ryan is Kirk Cousins. I think they're the same guy. We just kind of think differently because of the systems that they've been in. I so, think Matt's a, Matt, give Matt Ryan a little bit of a bump over Kirk. But I like Kirk too, man. I, I get the – I get the point, you know, haven't really came up that clutch, always had some good talent around him, but I think Matt Ryan's a little bit more consistent, but not much. I, I get the analogy though. I mean, it, l listen, so, so when Kirk Cousins was on the Redskins with, or the, the Washington team, I, I don't know how to say it anymore, but <laughs> when he was on the Redskins with uh, Kyle Shanahan, RG3 was playing. So boom, I got RG3 in. We're 25 minutes into the show. I continued the streak. Zach, thanks for reminding me. Uh, I don't know if you know about that, Jason, but anyway, it's a little game Michael and I have. Um, but the point is, when Kyle went to Atlanta, that was the year Matt Ryan blew up. And by the way, Matt Ryan has had better weapons than Kirk Cousins. So, I mean, I actually think it's—I actually think it's a pretty fair comparison. I mean, I mean, if I had to—if I had to pick one, I'd say maybe Matt Ryan's a little bit better than Kirk Cousins. But when it comes down to it, if I'm like tiering quarterbacks, I think they're in the same tier. Nah, I hear you, man. So, what else you want to talk about with the NFL, man? We got some contracts. We got. Derrick Henry, Dak not taking enough money. He's going to be franchise tagged again. Anything, any hot takes that came out of NFL right now? Are you worried? Like, there's been a lot of rumors, a lot of smart people saying, look, you know, the NFL has been so confident about the league getting back on. By that time, we might be up in this COVID land where there's going to be too many people affected. NFL is not going to be able to put a stop to it. You know, what's your hot take on, on the NFL right now? Are you getting ready for drafts or – are you kind of worried that the season's not going to go on? What's your take here? No, I think it's going to be a full go. I mean, I I, I think a worst case scenario for the NFL is cutting down some of the regular season to let's say like 12 games or something like that. I think that's an actual worst case. But again, this is a professional organization. This isn't college football where college players kind of like have to be, you almost could say like forced to play because of the, the big dollars that college football produces. These are professionals. The professionals, I think in large part, want to play. The owners want them to play. So I just, the NFL is, is one of those leagues that's sort of immune to bad PR. So unless something really tragic happens to a player, which I guess anything's possible, or a coach or something like that, I think they're just going to take a lot of precautions. And I think we're going to have instances where, you know, our fantasy players are out for three weeks. Goodell just announced today that if you do contract COVID, you're basically out for three weeks. You're basically on the COVID-19 list. And it's not one of those things where, 
you can just go back and get retested a week later. And if you test negative for a certain number of hours, you're good. Three weeks, you're out. So that's going to have a fantasy impact. There's going to be fantasy skill players in particular that, you know, unfortunately are going to get it. And so what you're going to have to do from a, a rostering standpoint in your fantasy leagues is to make sure you have deeper rosters. I mean, you have to do that. So if you're in a league that has, you know, let's say nine starters and you got eight people on your bench, that's a 17 round league. You almost have to do like 21, 22 rounds, maybe, maybe put in an IR spot. So that if somebody does contract COVID, you don't have to like clog up your bench. You can put them in an IR spot, which, you know, any of the the platforms that do fantasy football, ESPN, CBS, you name it, they have that available. But no, I think the NFL's the NFL's going to go. What I, what I want to talk about, Jason, to answer that question is Dak Prescott. Like, what's the deal? I don't know, man. It's not enough money, I guess, man. I guess they, they couldn't. Listen, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. When it comes down to money and contracts, I never dive so far deep in them where it's not like I don't watch the news and the same thing. Like I don't watch player negotiations for contracts. It's not not something I waste my time on, man. Like I really I don't understand all the ins and outs of, of the contracts, guaranteed money, not guaranteed money, doing this, doing that, putting value on people's heads. Look, Kirk Cousins, the guy that you were just comparing him, when I was doing research for a serious show the other day talking about the worst contracts or whatever the case may be up until Russell Wilson's contract, Kirk cousin was the highest paid player in the NFL uh, up until Wilson. And now up until Mahomes. So like contracts go bad in every league. These guys put their, you know, their life in danger every pretty much day playing football. So like, as far as contracts go, you really don't know, you know, you got agents in their head, you know, they have the ego there where, you know, if this guy got paid that, I know I'm better than this guy, so you got to play around with that. So, look, I don't really have a personal hot take on these contracts. My only hot take is win, man. You know, if you want if you want, if you want, want more money, go win a Super Bowl like Mahomes did. You know, go out there and play well every single playoff game. Be the best at your position and then go dictate money. Um, I'm not a fan, you know, when it comes down to contracts holding out. You know, so like Dalvin Cook. Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon. I'm not a fan of that. And for that simple reason, I don't think it's a risk taking. Like, if let me ask you a real question. Dalvin Cook, you got the seven spot. He falls to seven. You take him? Yeah, I take him at seven. I think that's why. What's the difference between seven and five? Well, first of all, two two things. I, I actually think that when I draft, he is going like what we're, we're gonna have we're gonna have a better situation with with Dalvin Cook. So oh, listen, I, listen, I, wait, what assumption. if you draft what if you draft a week before the season, he still don't have a contract. You still oh, take no. him at seven? Oh, no, absolutely yeah. not. No. But right now, if you had the seven spot and he fell to you at seven, you would take him? Yeah, but to your point, if if it was a week before, even even if it was two. So now, weeks, say it's like a week from now, there's no, there's no answer to Dalvin Cook if he's playing or not playing, or two weeks from now, whatever the case may be, you take Cook at seven, you take Cook at no. six, eight, no, good point. I wouldn't take him at seven. If it's two yeah. weeks from now and he still hasn't signed, I wouldn't take him at seven. I would take him outside the top 10. I'd probably take him 11 or 12. And then I would take Alexander Madison maybe a couple rounds earlier than, than I need to because I need no, to take yeah. him. Yeah, I think that's a smart play. Like If he falls to the second round and you already got that, that first round running back locked in and now you get a steal at RB2, then there's upside. But the upside of taking Dalvin Cook at five, six, or seven – over a Derrick Henry or over a Joe Mixon. I don't think it's such a high upside play that it's worth the risk on your first round pick. You know, other players like taking Antonio Brown late, look, you're you're comparing taking Antonio Brown to like a wide receiver three. So 
if he doesn't play, what do you really lose? You lose a wide receiver three. If he plays and he gets suspended for like five weeks, you're getting a wide receiver one in the 10th, 12th, 14th, 15th round, whatever he fell to. So mm-hmm. I think the risk is worth it late, but it's not worth it early. And to that same point with Mike Trout right now, if I have the first pick, I'm not taking him. I have the second pick, I'm not taking him. Third pick, I'm pretty much not taking him. I'll take Bellinger, Betts, Yelich, Acuna over Trout just in case, you know, because they're they're marginally better than each other. Like if you flip a coin and you play out five seasons, you know, Trout might be better than Acuna half the time. He might be better than Yelich half the time or Bellinger half the time. So not worth the risk there, but – what are you more excited about right now? Are you more of a basketball fan or more of a baseball fan? I would say I'm more of a basketball fan. And, and I'm actually kind of sad because I don't think college basketball is going to be, be a thing yeah, anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, you know, yeah. either, well, but- all college sports are dead, man. I, I don't think – like they've announced that, you know, the smart schools, the Ivy League already announced like online classes. It's done. And they were ahead of the curve early. They're ahead of the curve now. Technically, they're the smartest school out there. They have the smartest – you know, uh, people making decisions out there for them. So they know, they know what's coming. They know a second wave is coming. It's already here. I don't even think we escaped the first wave. And we haven't even, like, spoke about the second wave, wintertime, and all that kind of stuff. So college football, I get I get it. They're going to they're gonna try their best to do something. You know, Alabama is going to play Auburn, like, every week and Florida every other week. And they're going to have some games. They're going to make some money. We're going to watch the games. We're going to bet on the game. But, you know, college, for the most part, man, I just don't see it. I don't see you running out there, man. I really don't see the risk there. I don't think the campuses. Look, I went to school, and I went to a small school. I don't even know how big it is, but it's not as big as Auburn or, or Georgia or Bama or something like that. And I got, like, sick every other week, and COVID wasn't around. Just hanging out with girls, going out, drinking. You get sick, like, every other week, and now you're going to throw COVID into the mix? Like, I don't see any college campus going live anytime soon. I don't even think high schools, which have 500 or 1,000 or 2,000 people can go live. So how are these colleges going to try to pull it off? You talk about football. A football college program has 100, 200 people deep. And then you're going to also run them out in the summer to practice where people have passed in the past just to do due to heat exhaustion. Now, what happens if you know one of these college kids passes, God forbid, from COVID? That whole system is going to be... Yeah. Uh, it's going to be falling apart. The liability is just not worth it, man. Well, that's the thing. I was going to tell you, especially especially in college, because, you know, you you know I'm a lawyer. You're not and, paid. yeah. No, but I was going to say, you know I'm a lawyer, and, and it's just one of those things where whoever's counseling, like the, you know, the dean or, or the president, yeah. they're all saying, hey, listen, you are running a – you can have them sign waivers all you want. You can have their parents sign waivers all you want. But two things are going to happen. You're going to get sued anyway. And yep. you might lose in spite of the waiver. And even if you don't lose, you're going to be spending millions of dollars defending the case. And it's going to be really bit bad PR for your university. There's so many things that and you're fired. waivers don't Anybody solve. is there is going to get fired across the board because they're going to say, you didn't do this right, you didn't do that right. So college is a no-go. We do have MLB. We have NBA coming back. So let's talk about more of the positive sides of things. You know, as far as MLB, the guys on Sirius – they, they threw a little contest out there. I'm supposed to keep it private. You know, I gave you my picks. Let's talk about it real quick, man. Have, I don't know if you've done any research yet, if you looked at it yet, but let's ask. I'm going to ask you some questions, man, and you kind of tell me what you think. Or you can, I can tell you my picks. You know, AL MVP, NL MVP. Have you taken a look at it yet? Do you, do you have any ideas? I can tell you my guys. I, I kind of got a sleeper guy. You know, sometimes a little bit under the radar, I would say. 
You know, I think targeting players off the Dodgers and the Yankees is smart. You know, trying to find some value is smart. And I think Labor Torres playing the infield position, playing shortstop or maybe a combination of shortstop and second base. Um, Torres for AL MVP, I think is a, it's a smart play. You're getting some value there. And for NL MVP, I got Bellinger. I don't know if he's chalk, but, you know, I think he almost had it, you know, last year. He, he basically had a great year last year. So what's your take on ML, NL MVP and American League MVP here? All right, so I'm actually, I, I got to concede. I'm, I'm looking at this right now, and I am going to go Josh Donaldson at 20 to 1 for AL MVP. Tell me what you think about that. Listen, I like the Twins. You know, that's why if you see, if you look ahead for Cy Young, I threw Berrios as my AL Cy Young because I think the Twins are going to win a lot of game and he's going to be their ace in the hole there. So anybody on the Twins, the Dodgers, the Yankees, I think all make a lot of sense. So I can get behind that. And and Donaldson could be that guy because he plays defense. Um, he's going to be in the middle of that lineup. They're going to be blowing up pitchers. He's got protection all around. If he stays healthy, I like that play as well, man. Yeah, I'm. You know me, man. I, I'm everything Twins this year. I'm Twins to win the AL at eight to one. I'm Twins to win the World Series at sixteen to one. I believe in their pitching to some degree, but I really believe in their bats. So that's that's kind of why I threw Josh Donaldson. I'll give you an MVP real quick. This is kind of short odds, and I don't even really like it that much. It's kind of a homer pick. Juan Soto at ten to one. What do you think? Yeah, Soto can do it, man. Soto can definitely do it, man. He he came into the league young and you know full of confidence. He has that swag. You know, he's not going to back down to anybody. So he has the mentality to go out there and do his thing. So I'm not against Soto. I'm not against Bellinger. I wouldn't bet bets at plus 550. I think if you want to go out a little bit farther than that, you know, you want you want guys that are going to be on playoff teams. You know, I'm, I'm assuming Freddie Freeman is going to be okay by the time the season rolls around. So these Braves are favored in the NL East. They're, they're supposed to have a great team. I don't know if their pitch is going to hold up, honestly. You know, I know I know a lot of Braves fan who used to work for Windaily still work for Windaily. So, you know, Freddie Freeman makes mm-hmm. some sense. But outside of that, you know, maybe some long shots. I like the Reds as well. So maybe like a, a Suarez at plus 5,000 makes some sense too. And a guy that I'm looking for here, and, and DraftKings doesn't even have him up here, uh, I'm really high on Cassianos, man. I really think this guy, he's my breakout player of the year. Like they don't have um, – you know, a section for breakout player or comeback player of the year. But I really like Castellanos, and I can only assume if he's not on the board on DraftKings, he's got to be, what, 150 to 1, 100 to 1, because they have everybody else up here. So if you can find some Castellanos shares, I think he's going to have a great season. If he can hit in Detroit, you know, only imagine when he does, when he moves over to Cincinnati and he's in Great American Ballpark or Small Park, however you want to call it. So I like Castellanos there as well. Moving over to AL Cy Young, I like Berrios. NL Cy Young, I like Walker Bueller. Um, you got any hot takes there on, on the Cy Young winners? No, because I'm infatuated with the the home run leader, which I notice is not on your list here. You got a take on that? Home run leader? Yeah, that's how long that Let me see the lines. Let me see the lines here. You, you Bellinger the is, is yeah. yeah, Bellinger is probably there. Um, yeah, He's Bellinger eight. plus 1,800, 18 to mm-hmm. 1. I'd probably take that. I saw Stanton and Judge both hit home runs in a inter inter squad game the other day. Um, yeah, I would have to go with Bellinger, man. The guy's just a beast. I love his swing. He's got to have a monster lineup around him. 
I'm going to go with Bellinger there. And if you want an outside shot type of player, let's see here. Who else can it be? While you're looking at that, I'll give you two of mine. So I'm going to go, I'm going to stay consistent here and I'm going to go Juan Soto at 35 to one. But then, but then I'm going to go with uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. I think at 22 to one, I just think he's just a rising star. I mean, obviously he's a star, but I think he's going to be an absolute superstar. So I'm going to, those are kind of shorter odds than I'd like, but I'm going to take uh, Acuna. Yeah, you got you got to look around here. Um, I'm gonna say with Bellinger, man, and the fact one other like slight bump. I don't, I didn't do the math yet. I really didn't do the math. You know, maybe you know better than me, but since they're not really playing outside division as much as they would normally, how many extra games are these Western teams getting in Coors Field? Is it gonna be like a big bump to them? That's a good question. I haven't done the math on that either. Yeah, that's something I look at. If if the Dodgers play the Rockies even more and they get even more games in Colorado, you know, maybe even more of a bump to those West coast teams. So Belger was already in a great spot for the home runs. You give them a couple more games in Coors field than anybody else, you know, and I think that gives them a bump there too. So I like Bellinger across the board. And then, you know, they, they, they asked me a couple other questions. AL rookie year. I got Lozardo NL Carlson, and this is just more for fantasy purposes. You can't really find odds on this because how do you really, you know, vote on this? But AL comeback player of the year, he's not really coming back off injury, but Miguel Cabrera came in skinny. He came in like in the best shape of his recent life, you know, maybe since he came up, you know, on the Marlins at like age 17 and dominated and went to a World Series and won. Uh, everybody's saying he's in great shape. The guy was like, the best hitter of my lifetime. I think he was a better hitter than Pujols. I know Pujols is the machine, but Miggy did it for a long time as well. So he's my AL comeback player year. And then going back to these Dodgers, man, Jansen had a bad, bad two years closing games for the Dodgers. I think he gets his thing together this year. So he's my NL comeback player of the year. And my breakout player is Cassianos. You know, I'm trying to get him in every season long draft. I just love this Cincinnati lineup. I love the hitters park. And then my bust, Call it a homer pick or what, but Anthony Rendon, just I don't buy I don't buy into this guy too much. I know he had a I know you're gonna get on me. I know you're a Nats fan. I know he didn't. No, uh, it's not he, me. He worked, Jim Jim in the comments. He's, he he said ten minutes ago. He said AL MVP Rendon. Uh, I'll take that bet, man. And that he reminds me, man. I laid a bet because he put. I think Jim put it in. Someone put it in for me. I sent somebody a hundred bucks. I don't know if it was you or or not, Jim, but. <laughs> You know, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win a Super Bowl bet. Pretty sure I gave you 100 bucks. So when that cashes in, uh, I'm going to need that $1,500 back from you, brother. But uh, AL MVP, man, I'll give you whatever odds you want. I'll double the odds. Um, let's see what it is right now. Because now I'll double your odds, Jim. If you want to take it head-to-head against me, I will take Anthony Rendon does not win the AL MVP any day of the week that you want to do it, man. So, Hit me up. You got my cell phone number. He is plus 1,400. I'll give you plus 3,000. So if you want to lay a bet with me, man, I'll pay you out 30 to 1. You can take Rendon. I'll double the odds. I'll boost the odds plus a couple extra. Um, he ain't going to do it, man, especially if Trout don't play. He's, how can somebody win the MVP on the same team as Mike Trout, not named Mike Trout? That's How's that point. happen? That's How's that point. happen? It's not going to happen. Like, I, I can't see that happening. I don't think Mike Trout will let that happen. So, you know, if I'm about to lose the bet, Trout is going to definitely step up at the end of the year and, and get they're going to give it to him, man. But, you know, it's a, it's a 
decent play. I just don't think Rendon, I don't know, something about him, he just doesn't impress me. I know he had a great year last year. I know he's a stud, but I don't know, something about him doesn't impress me too much. I'll take Arenado over Rendon any day. If I had to take my pick, you know, bring a third baseman to the Mets, I'll take Arenado all day long. But, you know, we left the best discussion for last. You know, basketball, a million dollars. We have a million dollars on the line, too, for baseball. Don't get me wrong. And we're going to be talking about that in live streams. We're going to be doing live streams every single day. Every single day. It's either going to be me and you, Michael, Jim, um, Nick. We have about 30, 40 different other guys on Win Daily Sports. So we're going to be doing DFS specific. These are just practice runs. These are just us shooting the shit, having a good time because we're bored. We're on quarantine or whatever you want to call it these days. I don't know if it's quarantine anymore. It feels like it's still. But, you know, for the most part, um, we're going to start doing live streams. We're going to be actually talking about DFS plays. But we do have a slate that we can focus in and lock in on. There's still some question marks with Zion, you know, for the most part, leaving the bubble. We don't really know what that meant. You know, I just got a notification he's leaving the bubble, family situation. Have you heard anything else at this point? It came out around 3 or 4 o'clock today, maybe 2 o'clock today. But that's... That changes everything because power forward on FanDuel is a shit show. You know, it's Anthony Davis, it's Zion Williamson, and then the drop-off from there, you're just flipping coins, man. Royce O'Neal at 4,900. The guy's ceiling is like 20, 25 max. So even if you play him and he has a great game, he might get you 30 points, and that's not probably enough to win you a GPP, and I don't think it's enough to win you – you know, the million maker. Kuzma makes sense at 4,700. If the game becomes any bit a blowout or if Anthony Davis, you know, breaks a fingernail, um, Kuzma will come in and get those minutes and he can light it up. So at 4,700, he does have the upside to go out there and drop 40 um, if he gets the minutes. We don't know what the situation is, but he has an upside. So I'd rather play him than Royce O'Neal, to be honest with you. And after that, man, I don't know. I don't I don't really see anybody on this list at power forward. If you want to take a shot and take Melly, you know, if Zion is out, Melly will become interesting. Um, Jamichael Green, he's pretty much capped out, you know, minutes-wise. Maybe he can get you 25, you know, depending. He's got to come in and, and hit some threes and, and get a couple blocks or steals to really, you know, go out there. At 3,600, it makes some sense. But power forward is so weak. Zion, if he does play – is probably going to be the highest-owned player along with Anthony Davis on the slate. And then the third get, the third guy, as crazy as it sounds, Anthony Davis, Zion Williamson, and Alex Caruso. Because Caruso is going to be super chalk. Um, he's 3,500. Rondo is out. He's the only true point guard that the Lakers run out there. Yes, LeBron can run point. They can throw KCP. Or, you know, a couple other people at the two guard, Danny Green, J.R. Smith, Deion Waiters, they all can slide in there. But, you know, Caruso's the only guy. And look, if the Lakers make a deep run, they're going to need Caruso to step up big. So, what better game to have him get some, you know, reps in? He played all year, don't get me wrong, but, you know, they're going to run him out here for, for at least 25 minutes. This is a test for them against the Clippers. And, it's a tough matchup for Caruso because Patrick Beverly is not a guy you want to go at. You know, Caruso is that energy guy, and Beverly will probably, you know, get in his face, annoy the living hell out of him, and it's a it's a nightmare matchup for any other point guard. This guy Beverly plays with 
this, you know, Westbrook plays with a super motor and he's like one of the best point guards of our lifetime. But Patrick Beverly, he is like the Gary Payton 2.0. He's not as good as Gary Payton, don't get me wrong, but he's got that same mentality, trash talking in your face, in your huddle, basically in your ass the entire game, never letting up. So Beverly's a tough matchup for Caruso. So interesting slate. What do you think happens here with the Lakers Clippers, man, from a betting perspective, from a, a psychological aspect? I don't think Kawhi goes out there and plays a full run. I still don't believe that. I think LeBron does. Anthony Davis can be out there most of the game, but if it becomes any bit of a blowout, why risk the most frail player in the NBA right now? So what's your take about this, this Clipper Laker game? Uh, first of all, I have two things to say. I'm just going to start with this. I, I do think the Clippers are going to cover. I think they're going to win the game. They just have too many bench players that they can just constantly throw at the Lakers for the entire four quarters. But you said Patrick Beverly is like Gary Payton 2.0. And then you sort of you sort of walked it back just a little bit. But I feel like Patrick Beverly like shouldn't be getting that type of credit because I feel like he's 50% cheap shot artist and 50% great defender. Am I wrong? I mean, every time I see like an instant replay, no, he's, great he's, he's literally great doing something he should not be doing every time. If you get away with it, it's it's okay. You know, I look, I'm a firm believer. Like if you're not doing anything dirty, you're not like punching well, someone I mean, okay, in the nuts, so, something but, but, like that. If you're getting away with like holding or, or hand checking or whatever the case may be, whether it's the NFL or, or the NBA, whatever the case, um, Beverly's good, man. Nowhere near offensively. Like offensively, Gary Payton with Sean Kemp, you know, he'll never match him offensively, but defensively, psychologically, get in your head, and he can guard like Payton the same way. Payton would guard the best player, whether it was a point guard, shooting guard, he'd match up against Jordan at times. So Beverly will go out there and grab a point guard, grab a shooting guard. If you get stuck in the pick a roll, he'll box you out, he'll grab a rebound, he'll he'll just make all the the tough plays that you you want that guy on your side, man. I think Caruso, he'll get up even more for Caruso. You know, Rondo would have been a good matchup for me. Don't get me wrong. He would have been – that would have been a great matchup to see. But I think he's, he'll take it very, very, very personal if Caruso starts lighting him up. And I don't think he's going to allow that to happen. So I think it's going to be a tough matchup. But at 3,500 on FanDuel, I'm going to force myself to play some lineups without Caruso because he's going to be highly owned, and there are a lot of possibilities that he doesn't have a great game. But he's kind of like a, a point-per-minute guy because a point guard, if they roll him out there for – you know, if you look at all his game logs, and I'm just looking at game logs for right now, but if he plays 18 minutes, gets 15 points, 20 minutes, 14 points, 15 minutes, 14 points, 17 minutes, 30 points, 8 minutes, 9 points. He's, you know, he's going to be a, a, a point per minute type of guy, especially in that fast paced game against the Clippers. You know, alley-oops to LeBron and Anthony Davis hit a couple open shots when they're doubling LeBron or doubling Anthony Davis. This is a type of game that, you know, a minimum salary starting point guard or a point guard that's going to finish the game. He might not start, but he should see 25 minutes. So he's going to be highly owned. Anthony Davis, especially if, if Zion is out, at power forward, Anthony Davis is probably going to be 85% owned because there's no two power forwards that you really want to play. Plus, you're going to spend up because there's not too many expensive players on the slate outside of Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, and LeBron. So ownership will be on Anthony Davis. Ownership will definitely be on LeBron, Kawhi. I think the sneaky players from this game is mixing and matching these centers. Centers, there's no smash center on this slate. You know, Gobert at 8,200, 
not a big fan. You know, not a huge fan of that price. Yeah, it's a good matchup. Um, you know, Favors is – he's got a big height advantage on Favors. He's the only center on Utah right now. Maybe gets a slight bump of usage if Bondanovich is out. But what I'm going to do in my, my lineups is really mix and match, and I'll have shares of Gobert, Harrell, Favors, Zubak, McGee, and Howard. And I would probably lean towards Favors as, as the safest of the bunch if you're playing cash in a two-game slate, which I don't advise. You know, I think Favors at 5,400 is the best safe play. He'll get his minutes. He'll, he'll have a good game. He'll put up 25 minimum. He can get to 40. And if Zion is out, you pretty much will lock him if you're only playing one or two lineups because he's definitely the best value. But Montrez can come in there and have a good game. And then with McGee and Howard, man, I really – you, you never know what you're going to get out of these guys because they're basically sharing minutes. If one of them gets in foul trouble, you you could have a great game out of the, out of the other one. Or if, you know, one of these guys decides to have a, a, a strong run, you know, to start the game, you know, they can go out there and get you four blocks in the first 10 minutes and then they're smashing value. But minutes will probably won't be outside of like 20 for either of them in the first game back. So Zubak, same kind of situation, man, where he's, if he gets minutes, he plays great. But you, it's really hard to guess when the games that he's going to play more than 20 minutes because it doesn't happen too often. You know, and the Lakers and Clippers can go small here. So that's why I kind of like Montrez better. That's why he's priced over the starter uh, of Zubak. But I think the safe play is you know, going for a milli, enter 10, 15, 20 different lineups and, and equally share the centers I mentioned, you know, a power forward is Zion and Anthony Davis, sprinkle in some Kuzma, sprinkle in some Royce O'Neal um, with Bogdanovich out. At small forward, I really like Ingles. I think Ingles is the play at 5,500, up pace game. He'll be running some point guard with a second unit. Brandon Ingram, obviously if Zion is out, makes a lot of sense. Even if Zion's in, he's going to be the lowest owned, probably Pelican, him and Drew Holiday. Kawhi, he get you get a discount on Kawhi over LeBron. You know, that 2K difference. I'll have shares of Kawhi, I'll have shares of LeBron. Outside of that, Dion Waiters, you know, if you want to talk about him briefly, man, I know he's your sleeper pick. You've been calling it out early. Do you think he goes in there and gets minutes right off the bat? No, not unless we hear anything really super positive from from their practices. I mean, I the, the reason I'm so big on Dion Waiters is because I'm I really want the Lakers to win the championship. And, and it's just more of like a LeBron thing than than the jersey behind me. It's not that I'm a huge Lakers fan at this point in my life. It's just I really want LeBron to win because I know he's sort of on the back end of his career. And because they don't really have like a true third guy, I mean, Kuzma is certainly not that guy. And, I, you know, I've seen Deion Waiters pour it in on, on, on you know, the Heat and, and the other teams he's been on. So I just want him to sort of graduate to the old Deion Waiters. And if he does, I think that's the only chance the Lakers have to win the championship because they are so thin right now. I mean, we don't you know. You're saying what's the Lakers happen. championship is, is, is on Deion Waiters' shoulders. That, that's a bold statement, man. I, I don't think they. I don't think they need him, but I think with Rondo out, it definitely opens up more opportunity for him because who are they going to roll out? Jared Dudley? You know, I think there's going to go a lot a lot of small ball where they have – look, they have three big men with Howard, Anthony Davis, and um, JaVale McGee. So those guys can run the four and the five together. With LeBron, they're really big three, four, five. However they run out, those, those players there, and they have some depth there at the power forward slash um, center position, where their weakest point guard. You know, shooting guard-wise, 
you know, you pretty much have Danny Green who hit a, you know, he can hit a three. Um, he can play really good defense. Nobody wants to play him in DFS, and every once in a while he goes out there and drops 30 because he can get you. Yeah, you know, I like him a little bit more on DraftKings, but he's he's a guy that's going to play 30 minutes on this team. You know, so he's pretty much locked in for high 20s, um, low 30s minutes. And with Rondo out, you know, if LeBron or anybody else, you know, is having a bad game, he might have to pick it up a little bit offensively. You know, there are some games he just comes comes out hot shooting, you know, from three, you know, drop 15, 20 points. And then those games when he drops those kind of points, he'll get closer to 30 points. I like him more on DraftKings. You get the extra points for um, three balls. But on FanDuel, you also get an extra point for steals or blocks, and he's a really good defender. You know, there's been games where he's got two blocks and three steals or four steals in a game, and that can really bolster his points too. So Danny Green, 4,100, makes some sense at shooting guard. The guy I really like at shooting guard where I made all my mocks up so far, Jordan Clarkson on Utah, I think at 4,300 with no Bogdanovich, he might be finishing games over Mike Conley. You never know. Um it's a, it's a run-and-gun game. If this game gets out of hand, Conley's not going to be playing. It's going to be the Jordan Clarkson show the entire fourth quarter. It's a lot of ways he can get to value at 4,300, so I like him as well. I'm going to sprinkle in some Danny Green, sprinkle in some J.R. Smith. KCP could be sneaky. He might be their starting, quote-unquote, point guard when LeBron's really running the point, but KCP might be there over Caruso or over somebody else because you know he can hit a three. He can run and gun as well. So I think KCP is a guy they're going to have ownership for. Maybe 10, 15, 20% of my lineups will have some KCP in it as well because there's no Avery Bradley there. So you got KCP, Clarkson, Danny Green. Um, look, if, if we're not going to play this as if Zion's out, but if Zion's out, you know, it might open some things up for Josh Hart as well. Ghost yesterday said he's high on holiday just simply for the fact that he's going to be low owned on the slate. But 8300 I'd rather have Donovan Mitchell cheaper. I'd rather have Paul George cheaper, getting that discount. I don't see a way I can't play Donovan Mitchell, other than the fact that I'm going to have a lot of shares of him. So I'm, I'm going to have to hedge that. I'm trying to win a million dollars, and I think Mitchell's going to be highly owned. But for if I was building one lineup or two lineups, Mitchell being both those lineups, I just don't see a way that he does not hit value where he's going to have probably 35 40% usage at 7,200. He's too cheap for this slate. He can easily get you 50 points against the Pelicans. And he's going to smash value there. So I really like Donovan Mitchell there. Any other guys you want to touch on from this NBA slate on FanDuel? Not not from the first one, man. I think that wraps it up. I mean, we're going to develop it, obviously, as as we approach that that first. I mean, we got two games coming. What? How many days away are we, Jason? I don't know, man. What is this con- countdown? We had people counting down games. I think MLB starts first. Um, NBA is July 30th. Today is the 16th. So technically two weeks, two weeks from this time, I should be cashing in on a million dollars. If it doesn't happen this weekend with golf, man, I'm going to max into this FanDuel one, uh, potentially max into the DraftKings one. We have time to prepare for it. DraftKings has not announced their salaries yet. And then right behind that, or right before that, we have MLB as well. So we're not going to talk about MLB right now. It's There's too many players. There's too much to talk about. But we will have an MLB-only show coming up real soon because MLB starts, um, I think that's Sunday night. Um, before, I don't know if I'm doing the math right, but 
They're starting the 24th, so they got a million dollars out there for baseball as well. So it's going to be an interesting day. I think the first game for MLB is the 23rd, and then the million dollar, you know, uh, what is this, a 10-game slate is going to be, actually, no, 11-game slate. So, yeah, we can't do this all on this show, but, you know, me and Nick or maybe Nick and Michael and you, whoever the case may be, we're going to start pushing out some MLB content and NBA content coming up. This weekend, we got a bunch of NASCAR content. Jim Thompson, a.k.a. Josh Allen, a.k.a. 25 Cents, is going to be putting up a UFC article. And, and Jimbo, thank you. Basically, I read your article last night. I I missed the, the big tournament, whatever the case may be. But I, I just read your article. I picked the players in your article, um, and I threw in like 40 bucks, returned like 300 bucks. So thank you for that. Uh, I'm going to thank Ghost for helping me with LOL last night. I put in like 30, 40 bucks. I won like 50, 70 bucks. And then Austin, I put in, I just read his article. I'd even talk to him. I'd even look at anything. I just looked at his article. He basically gave you rankings. These are my rankings for a uh, three game or two game um, slate for soccer. Threw in like 20 bucks, 140 bucks. Nothing to go crazy about, but it's profits, man. It's cash. It's, it helps build your bankroll. So, Look, these guys are here to help you, man. They help me. I consider myself a pro, but I, I read their articles. I make lineups, and I know other of our guys, you know, they write articles. They read each other's articles. People are reading Matt's articles for NASCAR. They want a bunch of money. Ghost's articles for CSGO. Thompson's articles for UFC. All these articles are producing money for everybody, and our, and our membership is for free. If you read articles and you need content out there, you know, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're watching on Twitch or you're watching on, on Twitter right now, all of our articles are free. Everybody in this world has an email address. You put in your email address, you sign up, you pick a password, you can go read every article for free. Our projection models, our Discord chat, that you'll have to pay for. It'll be 23 cents for your first month, which technically we don't even charge you the 23 cents. It's really for free. Uh, you got to put your credit card in for that. Then you get into our Discord you get our projection models. You get our cheat sheets. I built my golf lineups based on CS cheat sheets and Patrick's cheat sheets. And I got, I'm got i in contention right now. I know it's you know the odds are stacked against me, but I got a pretty solid lineup that's rotting out right now that I'm happy about right now. So, look, I take, away, I take advantage of the free content. See, I know you do it too, man. What else can you tell our listeners right now before we head out here? Well, we can tell them that in two weeks from now, on Thursday, we're going to be watching your lineup winning a million dollars as me and Michael are doing the Win Daily show. So that's what I'm really excited about. Jason. Yeah, we should make it. We should post. We should make the. We should do our our live stream before MLB. And I think you and Michael should do a sweat show. They used to do it back in the day where they had a sweat show going. I don't know why they stopped it. I think maybe because. It wasn't entertaining enough, but maybe you guys can bring it back, man. I like the sweat shows, and what we really should do, you know, as it's getting towards like the eighth inning or ninth inning, we have to go find these guys on Twitter. You know, we have to go find the guy who's actually sweating right now. If it was me, you're not getting me on, man, because I don't want to be there. I want to be walking outside, no attachment to technology. But you know, for the most part, we'll, we'll try to bring that out. Maybe we'll maybe we'll run that out for the first week of uh, MLB and NFL because there's a million dollars on the line. We can watch that lineup. We can see what's going on. We see how he's winning or how she's winning and really kind of break down the lineup creation because, you know, when we first started this or when I first started this, that's how I learned, man. There was no win daily. There was no other DFS content sites out there. There was no live streams. It was just me and my web and, you know, my, my research, you know, on ESPN, 
checking shit out, reading box scores, you know, following along. I don't know if you know this, bro, but imagine a day. I don't think you know this. Imagine a day you go on a FanDuel and there would be a chat on FanDuel. <laughs> they took it away because it just got really crazy and people were just like cursing every day because they lost and people were like, you know, badgering each other. But there, when FanDuel first was running, they had a chat similar to our chat in Discord right now that you can talk to each other. You try making friends. I made a couple of friends off there. You know, people who are still in the industry today. We used to talk and that's, they taught me, I taught them because it was the wild, wild west and there was no information back there. And it was a massive edge back then, but it was hard, man. It was hard to learn. There's a learning curve. Now it's so easy, man. I see people within a week, you come into our discord and take down a thousand dollars, take down $10,000. It's happened numerous times. It took me a long time to, to make a $500 first place win. You know, it took a, a, a really, real long time because the learning curve was so much bigger. Now take advantage of the free content, man. We're pushing out so much free content. You're doing a ton of work. Jim and the other 35 people up on the site right now, they're doing all this work so you can, you know, absorb it and learn. And nothing's like our Discord, man. Our Discord, you know, you're in there helping everybody with golf. We have different chat rooms for different, you know, games. So take advantage of it. Hop in there for free. Check it out. If you like it, then, you know, throw up 20 bucks. What the hell is 20 bucks when you're risking 40, 50 bucks a night or you're buying three Starbucks coffee, you know, in a week going to work and shit like that. So it's the same kind of thing. See, I appreciate your time, man. Good luck with Sergio. Hopefully he makes the cut. Hopefully you don't text me all weekend. Hopefully we can (laughs) reconvene Sunday night. You win your 25K. I win a million. And the day I want to go back to Vegas is I want to go to a Raider game. You know, that shit actually happens. And my birthday is right around the Pro Bowl, which is also going to be in Vegas. I've never been to a Pro Bowl before because it's not really a cool thing to go to. But if it's in Vegas, it's going to be cool. You know, I think it would be a fun thing to go to. So maybe we do that, man. Maybe we go out there. I've been hyping it up as the, the trip that, you know, we do a Windaily kind of getaway trip. So maybe it's Vegas for the Pro Bowl, you know, and we can lay some bets for the Super Bowl and have a good time, man. So I'm in. I'm in. Let's go. I'm, I'm totally in. Trust me on that. I, I'm definitely into it, man. I'm, it's around my birthday. I can get my birthday pass, get away from the fan for a couple of days. So there you go. Let's make it happen, man. Good luck on the rest of the weekend, and I'll see you on Saturday. Anybody wants to listen, Sears XM, we have a show Saturdays and Sunday from 11 to 1. Me and CEO will be hosting that. Yeah, you can check out CEO on Twitter. Check me out on Twitter and Win Daily Sports. And uh, everybody have a good rest of your night, man.